0: Hello and welcome to the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, I'm sitting down and talking with Chad from Drink New York Craft. Uh, If you don't know what Drink New York Craft is, it's a a relatively new business where you can now order purchase, uh, not order purchase, you can just purchase or place an order, however you want to say it, uh, for New York State Craft beer online and have it shipped to your home or office or wherever you want it to be you know, be shipped to. It's up to you. Uh, but you can have it shipped directly to you or probably somebody else if it's a gift anywhere in New York State. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's actually really cool. Uh, Chad is... Well, you know what? You're going to learn a lot more about Chad in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to it. I'm excited to be putting it out. And uh, thanks to John Timmerman for introducing me to Chad and uh, suggesting that he come on the podcast because I had a great conversation And these are, you know, I really enjoy talking to people that I'm already familiar with and friends of mine that are in the industry, but I I really like talking with people like Chad, somebody who I've never met before, never spoken to before, didn't even know existed, and within a week's time, get introduced to him and uh, have him on the podcast. Those are the conversations, these are the conversations I really enjoy having on the podcast, so... Uh, thanks, John, for the intro. Thanks, Chad, for having, uh, for coming on and driving out here to be on the podcast. Well, what else is going on? Uh, well, this episode is going to be coming out actually Monday, so just a few days away. Uh, if you are looking for a great holiday Christmas gift to get somebody this year, then consider the Eat Local New York card. It's a great way to get out there and support locally owned restaurants and save money while you do it so you can purchase your card for $25 right on our website at eatlocalnewyork.com, and whenever you out to eat at one of the many, many, many participating restaurants, 160 right now across the state, you just show your Eat Local New York card, you get $5 off your bill. Uh, I'm really excited. We're getting so close. It's so really kind of pathetic, I hate to say it, but we're getting so close to having the app ready for official launch i know we've announced it and people have been downloading it and it is out there but we're still working out some of the bugs so if you are an app user apple user or a uh android user go download the local new york app and uh that thing's gonna be pretty sweet It's gonna be pretty awesome well without further ado here is my conversation with chad from drink new york craft you were talking, we were talking before the podcast, uh, before we started. So moved to central New York. What the hell is happening in central New York?
1: Like, what <laughs> do people yeah, do what, is, what is this
0: place? Yeah. Is that when you got into farming?
1: Yeah. So I, I met my wife when I was in Boston and, uh, she, she brought me here to go into the family business. And, uh, uh, I was doing computer work at the time and I couldn't <clears throat> find a job and, you know, at least a good one. And, uh, like what do people do in Central New York? And uh, agriculture came to mind. So, yeah. uh, at that time, uh, well, I've always been into beer, so let's let's get that straight. Right. Um, and then uh, uh, I started homebrewing a little bit. So um, I started homebrewing. I thought it'd be cool to grow a couple of hop vines on the side of our of our uh, yeah. uh, barn. And four four plants led to right now about six thousand. So Jesus. Uh, I kind of uh, got into agriculture. Uh, by love of beer. Yeah. Had you been into agriculture and farming before that? <laughs> no, not no? at all. I have zero <laughs> agriculture background, completely self-taught. And uh, I think that was one of the advantages that I may have actually had just cause, uh, uh, you know, you get the mentality. That's the way we've always done it. And, yeah. uh, I, I don't like hearing that. So I've always just kind of marched to the beat of my own drum and sometimes yeah. it's worked out well, other times not so much, but. Um, but yeah, no, no formal training. At yeah, all. And wh- so how that was, did you say 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Yeah, it was about 12 years ago now, I think. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's really interesting.
0: I've, I've kind of always been interested in it. I'm learning now that usually I'm, I'm going to try and get better at it, but usually my, the, the trajectory for me is, oh, that's really interesting. I'm going to do that. And then I do it. And then I immediately regret it because of the time <laughs> consumption. Uh, the last thing was backyard chickens.
1: Uh, for that, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, we, we've had a couple of those and not had success. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, but it, you, you're right. I mean, it's 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 hard. If I, uh, to be completely honest, I think if I knew, if I'd known how hard hop growing it was and how labor intensive it was, I may not have done it. But hmm. uh, you know, it's 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 great. It's kind of you know. it's like problem solving really and it was kind of similar to the computer industry where you have this big problem and instead of sitting down and writing code to to fix that problem your you know your tractor breaks down you know yeah and you and you got to fix it or you know there's you have this mildew like what do you do Mm. you know so there's it's problem solving on a much larger scale uh and instead of writing code you get your hands dirty so yeah um you you know i've always had a little garden uh you you know sometimes i kill those plants some other times not so much but uh (laughs) Hops, fortunately, are they're almost like a weed and they're almost invasive, so they, oh, they really? are hard to kill. Huh. That was one of the things that kind of drew me to it. Like, well, even if I totally screw this up, I'm, it's highly doubt I'm going to kill these plants. So <laughs> let, let's go for it.
0: <laughs> that, how is it. What is it about hops that they follow the same kind of environment that grapes do? Is that right?
1: Yeah, they, uh, yeah. Hops grow in a vine, yeah. like our farmers call the vineyard, or I say. I say vineyard okay. uh, and grapes grown in vines, so they they are they are very similar. But uh, in in terms of the ingredients, I just think the hop is the sexy ingredient in a beer. Like yeah, people talk about the hops; they're not talking about the yeast, they're not talking about the malts. You yeah. know, they definitely don't talk about the water. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the hops; it's the sexy ingredient. Yeah, yeah. There's so
0: much. We were um, my wife and I were in Hawaii just before the pandemic, and we took a we did went on a tour of. Uh, Kona Brewing and talking about their massive distribution all across the country. And that was the first time it dawned on me. How do you make sure that it tastes the same? And then finding about like mineral packs and all that kind of stuff that they have to make sure even the water is, you know, mimics what they're doing there. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Breweries are almost, you know, it's everyone thinks you sit around and you have a good time. Most of it's cleaning and sanitation. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and that's probably the big thing with consistency. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's um, not an industry I would ever want to be in as an owner (laughs) Uh, or maker. Um, Yeah, I don't think I I have yet to meet a brewery owner that has uh, said, man, this is the best decision I've ever made before. (laughs) I can believe that so were you so you were homebrewing before you got into that what like back in boston were you really into craft beer or was it just kind of something that came up once you got here and had some
1: time kind of you know it, it kind of craft beer was just on the rise kind of when i when i came here or at least it was for me you know there were some craft brews in boston um my first craft brew experience takes me back to vermont i'm originally from vermont uh magic cat that was yeah. you know the the craft brewery back in the day and my parents lived right down the street from Magic Cat, So oh, nice. uh, I remember going in there, you know, as, as a young, you know, uh, 20-something and going in and seeing a growler for the first time. Hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? I can take this half-gallon glass jug, fill it <laughs> full of beer, and leave with it? Like, this is awesome. So uh, since then, I was kind of, you know, intrigued by the, by the craft beer. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't really get into it until I came out, you know, here and, and saw a lot of the craft beer scene around in the Syracuse area.
0: I don't really get into it until I started eat local uh i'd and you know drink you know i would guess like a micro brew or craft brew every once in a while uh, out at a restaurant or anything but it wasn't really until maybe three years ago that I started to notice it four years ago that I started like notice it and even just the, the tiniest bit and I still don't know anything about it i like uh in January or February I started the um Wow, why am I going to blank on the name of this thing now? <laughs> Cicerone course. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
0: And I got like halfway through certified beer server mm-hmm. and stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was That's dif- difficult. It was really interesting and exciting. And uh, and then I got to the history of, and I find that stuff fascinating, but it was just so many freaking dates and things to, to remember. But. For like the solid two weeks that I was doing it, I was running down to branching out bottle shop and just you know looking at every can and like oh I just read about that I just read about this you know and then going home and tasting it and and uh, kind of you know making the connection between what I was reading and learning and the beer that I was
1: drinking, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, the the cool thing in my opinion about you know American craft beer is really the lawlessness of it, right? Like if you're over in Germany and you have the purity laws where beer is, you know, hops, water, yeast, and barley, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Uh, Americans, they can do anything. You, you hmm. can change styles. So there's a lot of innovation coming out of America, at least in the last you know couple, couple decades, and that's kind of driven, I think, a lot of, a lot of the growth. Is yeah. uh, and as a Cicerone, that's hard, you know, as you're trying hmm. to put things into certain categories, and some styles don't fit in those categories yeah. Uh, which kind of, but it also at the same time makes them very interesting. Yeah. So what's your take on beer today?
0: Is it um are you more of like a purist or are you, it doesn't sound like it are you more of a wow, what crazy experiment did they just come up with?
1: I I like everything, man. I I've I've a palate. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a super sophisticated palate, but I really like Flavors. I really like taste. So uh having the, the American craft beer scene, you know, I think it's uh uh it's all over the board and I and I love it. It's actually my uh kind of why I, I, I got into the distribution space is it's in my opinion that the craft beer consumer's favorite beer is the one they haven't had yet. Uh, you know, if you're if you spend a lot of time in a tap room just as a fly on the wall. People come in, they they sit down. First thing they ask, "What's new?" You know, so it's it's people are constantly looking for for what's what's different. You know, and I just learned the other day of a new IPA cell, the the cold IPA now. So it's a, it's like a newer thing, and uh huh. and it's ever evolving. You know, and and that's kind of the cool thing about it is it's never stagnant. It's constantly there's constant innovation, and uh, I I love you know some styles that I, I don't get into necessarily, but I love they're there and I love trying them.
0: Yeah. I'm more of a purist.
1: Yeah. Okay. I can't stand the innovation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You like what you like. Yeah. You like your brand. I'll
0: drink. Uh, I'll, I'll swap brands out all the time. Okay. Um, and I, I will say I love um, Tim's. I mean, there's a lot of beers around here that I love. But if I'm, going, if I'm up at Willow Rock, I love Congress. Yeah. Um, you know, because I can drink two or three Congress yeah. and, you know, be fine. That helps. Uh, if I have like a half in the bag or a Mr. Zero, my wife has to drive home. Yep. Um. So I'm not really, so I've, and that's only changed over the past year. Before that, I would have been yeah. all about some heavy IPA or whatever.
1: And I, I think a lot of lighter beers are starting to come back too. Yeah. Right? Be, because of that, you get these higher ABVs and, and they come in a 16 ounce can too. You know, like yeah. this, that's a lot of beer. And if it's, you know, 9%, right. you can't have too many of them. No. Uh, especially these smash mouth IPAs. If you, you know, have one of those before you eat dinner, you're not even going to taste your dinner. You know, yeah. you're going to be having that hop in your mouth. So I guess there's a time and a place for everything. But I think the older I get, I'm, I'm just starting to get into your camp, you know, <laughs> yeah. like the lower ABVs, uh, the, the the less offensive ones. Not to say, again, there's a time and a place for every beer, but yeah. uh, that, that is nice. And, and that's starting. To, that's an actual trend. People are starting to gravitate really? more towards the lagers and the pilsners, huh. the lower ABVs.
0: Oh, yeah. I went to like a really nice restaurant in Lake Placid, uh, Purple Sage Bistro, uh, like a month ago when I was there. Really, you know, high quality restaurant, not like a fancy snooty restaurant, just high quality chefs, extremely talented, been all over the place. And I ordered like a really heavy IPA as my first drink before dinner and immediately regretted it. I was <laughs> yeah. like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Cause now I'm not going to taste, you know, half it's of how what it's I gone. should be. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's changed pretty recently for me. I, I do like trying different beers. I'd not, a, you know, I've, I've, I've never been a big fan of stouts. Um, I think it's just the sweetness of them, Yeah, but I've never been a big fan of stouts. And, but i'll I'll you know drink just a little bit of everything. i ha, you know I have this video that I sent, so i'm I'm friends with Tim from Buried Acorn and Keith at Woodland Farm, and uh, we have a like a Facebook uh, you know messenger chat going back and forth all the time. Usually, just they make fun of me of all the dumb stuff that I post <laughs> on Facebook. But I have this video I sent in my fridge I had. One of Tim's barrel-aged bottles and then a can of Bud Light. Right and now, I, were <laughs> right.
1: they touching? Yeah.
0: yeah. And I had, like, this video. I was, like, going back and forth, trying to decide. And then I took his bottle and, like, shoved it in the back of the fridge behind, like, the wow. old leftovers and grabbed the Bud Light, and I sent it to him. Uh, so I will drink just
1: yeah. about anything. Yeah, he must have loved that one.
0: Yeah. But, his, like, his barrel-aged stuff I really get into. Yeah. Um, some of that funky stuff I really like but it's like the IPAs and the stouts I just can't really yeah not a massive fan of yeah but they're you know I, I was at a uh New York State craft beer meeting a few years back and big mike from IBU was there and you know he was saying I can't make the beer I want to make because it won't sell so I have to continue to make these dumb ipas because Mm -hmm. that's what everybody's buying i
1: think it's 25 to 30 percent of the market now is it really it's all ipas yeah and all the different styles of ipas it's nuts now add cold ipa to that list yeah that's crazy (laughs) yeah and somebody will come out with a hot ipa
0: and make that (laughs) right right yeah um that you know yeah so so what's your take on the beer industry in like let's say in central new york um Yeah. So
1: one of the things I think, you know, is is I think Syracuse is really uh, an underappreciated market. You know, Mm. there's a lot of attention in Rochester and Buffalo and, you know, maybe the capital region, but Syracuse is is almost this under the radar type. uh, And there's a lot of good breweries around in this area. Um, And I, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to start the distribution company here. Not only do I live here, but it's really an untapped market. You know, there's a couple of bottle shops around that are super popular. A lot of people go there. uh, And, you know, there's a lot of people making good beer and a lot of consumers out there that... that want it so yeah. it's a, it's a it's a thriving community, and uh even you know a lot of these little guys made it through the pandemic, so that that says a lot about their customer base so yeah uh, i i I think the future's bright, um, especially i mean across the entire state, I think the future's bright yeah uh, there's a lot of you know malted beverages these days coming in seltzers and you know alcoholic kumbachas and things like that ready to drink beverages that are taking market share from beer but uh i think beer is just a go-to for you know generations you know i for think sure. it's changed a little bit uh you know people used to be super brand loyal back in the you know miller high life days and things like that but but you know there's so many choices now beers beer is you know there's there's cheap beer there's expensive beer and everything in between so yeah. as i said there's a time and a place for everything and uh and syracuse new york i think is an underrated area uh which i think needs to be uh, brought out to the masses and hopefully our distribution company can help with that yeah
0: i uh, beer is definitely some sort of a unifier and you know, uh, you know the greatest experiences with beer greatest uh, well, the greatest beers I've had are often based on the experience, the thing that's happening while I'm drinking it. Yeah, you know, indeed. <clears throat> uh, a couple months of you know, two months ago, sitting on my grandmother-in-law's back porch with my father-in-law and her, you know, who's she's eighty, drinking a Bush Light, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know, in yeah. Iowa, yeah. Um, you know, and my first experience. I think the first time I ever really had a beer that I could. Remember and, and enjoy, which is sad because I was super young. I think I was 14. <laughs> it nice, um, nice. was a, uh, Labatt, a Labatt Blue, and okay. I had like snuck uh, two bottles from our like kitchen at our camp where we were staying mm-hmm. at. Yeah. And uh, on this lake where we were at, we were on the point, so I had the drop off. Mm-hmm. And in Skinny Atlas, you know, that drop off goes from five feet to, you know, slope that's down to 300. And so I stole these two beers, put them in a plastic bag, somehow got them all the way out to the point into the water, swam out like, <laughs> you know, 20 feet de- deep and buried the bag in the rocks. <laughs> and then a couple hours later, a fr- uh, got, I went and got my buddy and we swam out there and went and got the beer and s- sat in the lake and nice. drank them. <laughs> awesome. awesome. You know, but that experience of having that beer, I'll never forget that. Mm. I forget the beer's pretty. Easily, you know, unless I see the repetition of the the brand or the label or whatever the case is or the Mm. ease of getting the beer. But the experiences, you know, those are the things that kind of stick with me. So,
1: and that's the thing. Like people will drink beer with friends. You know, yeah. there's a. I mean, people do drink alone. But, but the, the majority of the time, you're with friends. You're at. You're out and about doing things. And yeah, you know, people consume beer and alcohol in general, and in good times and in bad. I mean, yeah, the pandemic. One of the first things the the government did was to you know make uh, breweries essential. Right. <laughs> so it, it shows you right there. Um, and AA
0: means non-essential, which yeah. was oh, great. Right. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, liquor stores were essential yeah it's um yeah it is wild there's just there's you know i don't have a great view of beer in, in the area of craft beer in general here in syracuse and and maybe it is just because it's you know you know it doesn't get enough attention i don't know we had an idea i'm constantly trying to figure out like new ways to like a new business to start or whatever the case is. And so we, I had an idea over the summer to start, um, what we're going to call that upstate beers. Okay. So like I'll be on GoDaddy and just type in ideas for domain names. Yeah. And if something's available that sounds good, I'm like, Oh shit, I have to buy that (laughs) and start the business, (laughs) you know, and upstate beers was available. So Bought it and then I was like, okay, so here's the idea. We'll start a website that will just focus on promoting bre- local breweries in upstate New York. And we'll just focus on blog content and, you know, move into videos and all that kind of stuff, but just try and get the word out about all these breweries. So we, really I had that. the idea, I was kind of formulating it. And then I found out that two of those things already exist. <laughs> so, um, what was the one? Was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, or central mm. ABC, the marketing agency ABC Creative had started it. Okay, and I think it's been around for a couple of years, but it's yeah. the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, um, and and it was gonna be theirs. Has done way. They haven't done anything in a, a year or so with it, but yeah. it was the exact same concept. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. but we have. I had hi, already you know talked to a freelance writer in the area who knew who knows thing or two about craft beer and she was going to start writing for upstate beers. So I just shifted. I was like, you're going to do the same thing. Just we'll put it on eat locals on our website instead. Okay. So she's doing like, we do a weekly local brewery feature. Yeah. Really simple. Just kind of like a paragraph on something interesting about their story. And then, you know, here's what they serve. Here's where they're at, you know, just basic four on one type stuff. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I just don't feel like the local craft scene in Syracuse is really where it could be, where it
1: should be. Agreed, agreed. And I think, you know, a lot of that is really and I think it is kind of lack of exposure, kinda of, kinda of what you're saying. So yeah. uh, they don't get as much hype, you know. New York City is this big sexy city, so they, they get a lot of hype down there and you know, yeah. uh, but a lot of these guys are starting to move up this way, you know, yeah. like other half has a place in the Finger Lake, so yeah. their production facilities are, are all coming up north. Huh. Uh, so that can really only uh, benefit us up here and just, you yeah. know, make beer more uh, viable, more available to everyone around here. But, yeah. um, you know, the, the biggest thing that I saw, and, and this is something that I learned through my hop brokerage, just going out and meeting brewers and selling, trying to sell them hops, um is really this distribution thing, right? So, uh, if, if you can't get your beer out to people, you really just have a small radius around where your tap room is. Mm -hmm. And pre COVID that was fine. Your, your, your best margins are selling pints over your, over your tap room. Mm -hmm. Uh, but COVID changed everything. So, Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities for these little guys now to kind of really expand their their reach, you know, via e commerce, you know, social media, things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's just to enable. How do these guys get their beers out? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these brewers are not only brewing by day, but they're bartending at night, and mm-hmm. they're you know self distributing, schlepping kegs across town. They don't have time to set up an e commerce website. They don't have time to market. You know, so. Uh, they, they need help with that marketing, getting the, getting the, the word out, um, yeah. which is what I hope we can do. So, uh, putting central New York on the map is, you know, one of our main goals.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, cause the distri- the system in place for, you know, distributors and brewers is pretty jacked up. Uh, yeah. it's kind of a crazy situation. So, um, well tell us a little bit about the, the, the new business.
1: Yeah, so I mean, Drink New York Craft is kind of what I've been alluding to. It's a you know, it's a distribution company. We have a special license that allows us to sell direct to consumer. So we have an e-commerce website, yeah. and it's basically just a platform to you know sell beer direct to consumer. Um, Did you have to? So is that a distributor's license that you have to have? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, the state views us as a wholesaler, uh, but we're really allowed to sell as. A retailer, yeah. which almost makes us two of the three tier in the three tier system, uh, which is manufacturer, wholesaler, and retailer. We can almost act as two of those, which mm. is which is kind of unheard of. But does that mean you could sell to restaurants on behalf of the breweries? Uh, we we can. There's a little more uh, with our particular license. We can sell direct to consumer as well as retails. It, it requires a different agreement with the brewers, uh, and that's kind of treading on the. Um, uh, trading on the territory of, you know, I'm going to call it traditional distribution yeah. um, where uh, you, you have a territory uh, right now. If you're selling direct to consumer, you don't necessarily have a territory. You can, you know, consumers can be anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so hmm. th- they're two completely separate things, but okay. this one license will allow us to do both. That's cool. So you have a website, you've
0: partnered with different breweries in New York. Yep. Uh, and, I can go on to your website, buy beer from those places, and have it shipped directly to me. Yep,
1: yeah, yeah. The website's drinknycraft.com. Uh, dot com, and uh, we're basically focusing on New York State only because that's kind of mm. my thing. You know, we yeah. started uh, the Hop Yard, and I have a passion for New York ingredients. I have a passion for New York beer, so we're kind of trying to keep it local. You know, if if you consider the entire state of New York local, yeah. uh, so so it's it's kind of bringing you know the local feel statewide uh so it's it's interesting to see who buys what so it's Mm -hmm. like uh people in, you know camillus are buying beers from syracuse through us when they could just Mm -hmm. drive down to the to the top room but we're also getting people from like buffalo ordering syracuse beers that they've probably never heard of yeah so uh, I'm, i'm hoping there's a little bit of an educational aspect to the to the site as well you know having people try new flavors new 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 brands, just seeing what's yeah. what else is out there. Shipping's got to be crazy on that. Oh yeah, shipping sucks. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, shipping sucks. Um, we what, we ship via UPS, <clears throat> and it's probably the biggest headache yeah. out, of, out of this whole thing. Uh, they raise their prices on a weekly basis. Uh, they they charge you absurd. Prices, yeah. if you like have a spelling mistake and I don't enter hmm. people's address, they enter our address. So yeah. if, if it's entered and wrong, it's, it's, it's fee, you know, for this fee, fee for that. So we're playing with different shipping models. Yeah. Uh, but that definitely eats in, into the, into the margin. But, uh, I believe in the concept and I believe in the convenience. And yeah. I think, you know, especially post COVID when people are getting everything shipped to them, yeah. Toilet paper. Why not? Why not beer? You, you yeah. know. So uh, it's just a convenience factor.
0: Do they have to? Does the customer pay for the shipping?
1: Uh, we'd eat a, a lot of it. The yeah. more you spend, the yeah, l- the less you pay. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of my hop experience. Uh, breweries were willing to pay an extra, you know, one hundred and fifty dollars to shave. $20 on shipping. Hmm. So for, through that experience, I'm like, if we can get shipping costs down, you know, maybe work it into the beer a little bit, maybe eat some ourselves in and in our margin, then yeah. I think people will do it. So if you come on and you, you know, order a four pack, uh, it's a loser for me to give you free shipping. But yeah. if you order $100 worth of beer, you know, or a case or something like that, it's a lot easier to to swallow that. So yeah. we have kind of a sliding scale. Are we
0: I started a coffee company a year ago to... We named it. I named it after uh, my dog, and after our dog. So it's called Good Buddy Coffee. Okay. Uh, Dumb, stupid idea. Don't ever (laughs) fucking start a coffee company. Uh, (laughs) I. uh, um, (laughs) The margins of coffee are stupid. Ridiculously high, Um, and I mean, (laughs) I don't mind saying this. Maybe I should. eh, I'm going to say on the podcast. Uh, I pay like three dollars for a bag of coffee and they, you know, they retail for, you know, 13, 14, 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now, you know, I have my bag and my label, but the shipping is what's so dumb because a consumer doesn't want to pay $8, which is how much it costs to have a bag of coffee shipped. Yeah. And I don't want to pay for it because then I'm making a dollar on every single order. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's really, really a big loser. Yeah. It's coffee. probably the
1: hardest thing that we're dealing with. Uh, I, especially alcohol too because it's such a regulated thing. Yeah. Uh you have to have adult signature hmm. required which adds, you know, I, I don't know, it's like 8 10 dollars a package or something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head, but um you know they they need to be at their at their residence when the, when the packages arrive so they, so they can sign for it. And that's, yeah. and that's an expensive service too. So yeah, uh, you're lucky you don't have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am. Like, yeah.
0: I had the, when I first started the business, the thought was I was going to, so I started it because I got hit with a Facebook ad for a coffee company in Los Angeles and I only bought the coffee because the name was cool and the, so was the label. Huh, so was okay. their bag. And I was like, oh, this seems like an amazing, I'm going to buy this. And an hour after I bought it, I thought to myself, well, I wonder if that would work if I did it. So um, the downside is the name of my company isn't cool and neither is my label. So maybe that's why they don't work. <laughs> but um, but the thought was I would just run ads in like Boston and New York City and, you know, like northeastern places yeah. um, and not try to steal business from the other local coffee shops that we promote. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't work. So we stopped, (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, But yeah, the shipping on it just makes it like a business that really isn't viable unless you're massively scaled. And, um, you know, you you just can't can't do that as like a solo person, you know. It's like there's that really ugly phase that could last for a couple years as you're trying to scale the business.
1: Yeah. You know. I think we actually have an advantage because we're smaller where I can play around with pricing models as opposed to being – a massive bottle shop, or something like that, yeah. where you know you might have inventory issues or uh, I, I ordered from one particular service uh, i 'm not going to say who, but yeah. um, I, I went through the order and I picked all the beers out that I wanted, which were very specific and uh, I got all the way to the shopping cart and then it said at the end, We might not have these in stock if we don 't, do you want an equivalent? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hell no. I don't want an equivalent. Like, I just spent the last 15 minutes picking out exactly what I wanted. I don't want an equivalent. Yeah. The box showed up. Uh, it was missing three beers because they mm-hmm. obviously didn't have them in stock. And I didn't get a refund. I didn't get anything. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of kinks to be worked out. So it's almost an advantage for us to be small yeah. uh, to know not only know what's in our inventory, but be able to work out pricing models while, while we scale this up. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah. So, so what are like who
0: are your bigger competitors? Like I mean, I'm sure you probably compete with, you know, physical locations, but online who are those competitors? Is this the national? There's one? actually
1: not a lot. There's yeah. a couple big ones. There's a guy down in New York City, Tap Room, uh, T A P R M. Um, they're hmm. pretty big. Uh, there's there's another one at a Poughkeepsie um halftime beverage. They started out as a pretty large bottle shop and got got into e commerce. But hmm. uh, I mean the cat's out of the bag now, so yeah. uh, I think Right now, it's just a race to market share, um, and whoever you know can get the most customers right away is going to survive because yeah. good people are going to be getting into this game. Uh, it's just yeah. inevitable. It's, it's just an exp- it's a, an expensive game to get into on yeah, that side, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but we're lucky that we've <clears throat> excuse me, we're, we're lucky really we're even allowed to do this because if you're mm-hmm. in the spirit industries, you cannot ship direct to consumer unless you go through a. Distributors. So you're hmm. automatically eating, you know, 30% of your margin right there. Wow. Uh, and it, so we're fortunate, um, here in the state, uh, that, that manufacturers can ship yeah, direct to consumer. So yeah. that's, that is, that is a nice, that huh. is a nice thing to have.
0: So what if say, I mean, I'm fascinated by this business. So um, this is not a business podcast. I'm just really curious. <laughs> sure. So are, are most of your customers, are you noticing so far in New York State or are they outside of the state?
1: Right, right now we're selling in New York State only. So it's oh, kind okay. of New yeah. York focused, but yeah. we will eventually be selling New York beer outside of the state. It's just that every state has their own liquor gotcha. laws. Okay. Yeah. So you have to you know, call up Vermont and say, Hey, what do I need to do? And then get licensed there. And then you can ship to Vermont. So that, that will happen. <laughs> I just haven't, I mean, we've only had our doors open for a month now and I haven't had time to do, actually do that. But, That's nuts. Yeah. That's There's, nuts. So you'd have to call up 50 States. There's 50 different rules. Some are friendly and some are not. Wow. So,
0: That's um, insane. I mean, I, I, I guess I, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of understand it to a certain degree. It's alcohol, right? But um, it's amazing how many things are still so difficult.
1: Yeah. It's really not regulated on the federal level. So they just, yeah. they, they just pass it on to the States. Yeah. Huh. Do you think like with, you know,
0: I mean, so many States have had, you know, legalized, you know, marijuana consumption and sales and, you know, New York state is obviously now new to the list. And, uh, I mean, even in downtown there's supposed, supposedly, um, the uh old Urban Outfitters that's a three story building, that's gonna turn into a dispensary. Wow. And then down the street the old Empire, which I don't know how you how you feel about Empire, beer or not. Uh we can leave this part <laughs> off the podcast. Mark the time for me, <laughs> um you're not related to them or anything no. like okay cool. no <laughs> um but uh the old empire actually we can leave it cuz I didn't say anything uh the <laughs> old empire uh brewery is supposed to turn turn into uh like consumption business really yeah. interesting okay um so how do you think that's going to affect you know alcohol and beer sales
1: but I, I to be honest with you, i don't think it'll affect it too much maybe i i so Marijuana has been legal in Colorado for a really long time, and, I, and it hasn't really affected beer sales out there. So I assume if you're looking at Colorado as a model for the rest of yeah. the, the rest of us, uh, there isn't much yeah. threat there. And plus, I think alcohol is a little different buzz than being high. Yeah. Um, so uh, it is honestly, it's a little scary. If you make an <laughs> alcohol weed beer, uh, yeah. you know, we're talking about, you know, 10 percent Alcohol beers. Imagine like a twenty percent THC right. beer. You know what is that? I I don't hmm. know. I don't know what that looks like. So, it's it's kind of an exciting horizon. Yeah. Um. You know. Who knows? Yeah. I, who knows where it's going to go? It's kind of the wild wild west. That it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um. Uh. You, you know. I live in casanovia right now, and my town just voted that they don't want any dispensaries in in Cas, and and that's kind of interesting to me, you know, because here's this tax revenue thing, and they're they could you know make money off of it. They don't even know what it looks like yet. They don't even know what the benefits are, or what it even means, or any of the rules are, and they're always saying no, we don't want this drugs, you know, bad. So who who knows? You know, you know, I think it comes with this negative aura around it. It could be a good thing. Who knows? Time, time will tell, but it's, it's happening everywhere.
0: Oh yeah. Casanova can be a rough place for businesses. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. There's Casanovia
0: is what people say. (laughs) No. (laughs) I think like a, you know, um, town like that would do wonder. It would do great with, you know, having a dispensary because you'd have, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe not as many vacationers to a place like Casanova as you get to, you know, Skinny Atlas or, like, Lake Placid or something like that. But those people that are going there, you know, have a little bit more money and some sort of a high-end dispensary would, you know, would probably
1: crush it. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I I support it. I don't know if I'd frequent it on a daily basis, but yeah. I would support it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm going to grab another beer. You want one? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. You want the same thing or do you want to try that uh, I actually want to try one of those Saison's if yeah. you would.
0: Yeah, it's... um I say, unfortunately, oh, he, yeah. Unfortunately, he gave me a case because I'll drink. I'd probably this is a terrible thing to say. I'd probably drink more beer in a day than I do water.
1: <laughs> yeah, um. it is, it, there's there's water and beer. Yeah. you're good. You're uh, you're getting hydrated.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'll have I'll wake up and have a glass of water and have a glass of water. You know, at night and everything in between is coffee or beer. Yeah. Um, which is awful. awful. <laughs> so that's why it's bad that he gave me a case because I'll sit here being bored, you know, or working one day and I'll be like, Oh wait, that's right, there's a shit ton of beer uh in the fridge just a few steps away. Um Thanks Tim. Yeah, thanks Tim, you <laughs> asshole. I am still wearing your hat. Um Yeah, so I think it's uh I don't know, it's gonna be really interesting. You know, it could just be, you know, sort of a, um, to, to use a, a, to pull out a, a scripture, you know, Jesus said a prophet is, isn't welcome in his own hometown. I feel like a brewery is not, you know, idolized in their own hometown. You know, everybody's always, I should say, from my experience, everybody's looking at, you know, making the brewery that's just out of reach the next greatest and best thing. You know, yeah. I'm sure there's probably fans of Willow Rock or, well, Buried Acorn. Now maybe they're going to have some German fan that's going to be a massive, you, know, yeah. you yeah. know, bigger fan than anybody here in Syracuse. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so for me, I kind of look to some of the bigger ones, like, you know, Thin Man or you know, whoever they are, Beer Tree. Um, and it's like, wow, they're doing amazing things. Look how cool they are. Mm. Uh, and I don't think that way about anybody in town.
1: Yeah, uh, that's probably because you see them in Wegmans, because you see them out in yeah. distribution channels. So traditional distribution really caters towards scale. So if you're not at that scale,
0: yeah. then
1: you're not going to get out there. People aren't going to see you, and there's not going to be as much buzz about you. Right. Uh, but if you live in, say, you know, uh, Syracuse, and you, you know who Willow Rock is, you right. know, and 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 you go there, and people like Willow Rock, you're just you just have a smaller reach. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I, in my opinion, that's almost beer geeks kind of think that that's, you know, cool, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like they they discovered this particular brand and they brought yeah. it to their friends or something. Um, and I've known people that have seen beers in Wegmans from some of their favorite brands, They're like oh, it's in Wegmans. There now it's not on the do not buy list. Like, <laughs> and that that's taking it way too far in my opinion. But yeah. uh, I mean, there are people out there that do think that oh they're they're too commercialized you know they kind of compare it to when you know abm InBev or, or uh budweiser yeah. purchases a craft beer band uh goose island is a perfect example that's right. a uh, craft brewery brewery that was in the uh chicago area yeah. um AB InBev bev bought them and like everyone jumped ship they yeah. changed the recipe and hmm. you know they they still sell it uh you'll Find it probably in the carrier dome, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you know it, it just wasn't cool anymore. Yeah. Uh, so these 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 little guys have a lot of potential, yeah. you know. If and if you can expose them across the entire state, say there's a little niche in Buffalo, they, they all of a sudden now know what Willow Rock is. You yeah. know uh, now now they have that reach through e-commerce. They've got some distributors. You know, I won't talk too much about them, but they've
0: got some distributors. They left theirs in Syracuse earlier this year, and they have to wait before they can go to somebody else. But they've got some that are, like, in the Pennsylvania and, the you know, the Capital District and out in western New York that, you know, get their beer out there for them. You know, running their social will get tagged in Instagram stories from some of those bottle shops and stuff out there. And, yeah. you know, that's pretty cool. And I try to, you know, so, uh, you know, I've jumped in a little bit to – because I, you know, I think it's fun – and kind of exciting. I like the challenge, which is to, you know, help like DM restaurants and try and, you know, sell their beer for them, you know, and talking to a couple places and about that and like even emailing people I know, um, knowing what the big distributors do and then those massive companies, you know, Anheuser-Busch, um, what they offer. I mean, I have a buddy who owns uh, runs a restaurant in town, and we were going to throw a, a, a party together, like a luau, mm-hmm. and sat down with On Bev and said, "Hey, we're going to do this. Why don't we have it sponsored by um, Kona Brewing? Because that's, you know, On Bev, I think it, I think it's On Bev carries them, and um, you know, we need two thousand dollars for that. Great. Here you go. We'll give you a bunch of beer. We'll get all this merch out here, you know, just yes, no question about it, no. uh buddy of mine who has a local brewery in town question from a restaurant to sponsor their season long thing for a thousand dollars, and it's this nope.
1: I don't know if we can do that, you know <laughs> uh,
0: uh and that's yeah.
1: one thing that they're really going against for sure, yeah. oh yeah, um there's so much money and yeah, and big beer and and they they control the just the distribution, which is in turn. Holding the little guys down, yeah. You know, I think this. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the stat wrong, but it's there's something like, I think it's like 80 percent of the beer market is owned by three three different brands. So yeah. ABM Bev, Constellation Brands, and Corus Miller. So that's um you know the rest of the 20 percent. I think there's 6,500 breweries in the in in the country that make up. Wow. 20%. So there's a lot of room there, you know, you know yeah. and, and there's a huge long tail. Yeah. Uh, and these guys are all making phenomenal beers. Yeah. Uh, they just need to have channels and avenues. And that was kind of one of the things. We're trying to start the Anttry distribution, distribution company, you know, yeah. to kind of get these little guys out there because uh, hmm. they're all making good beer and people need to, need, to, need to taste it. People need to know it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kristen, would you do me a favor mark down the time? I just want to make sure I clip that last part out for a promo later because that was pretty good. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we're so we're I'm hoping to, um, you know, we've got all this production gear. Our hope is to in the next month and a half, like rent out the Palace Theater and record these like six or eight different hour long episodes, interviews. And it's going to be me with three other people on like a panel. Uh, round table, really, and just have a discussion. And one of them, so we're going to do like local distillers. We're going to do local coffee roasters. Um, we're going to do one on unemployment, one on how to open a restaurant. Cool. Hopefully one on how to close a restaurant when you want to get out of the industry, hmm. and one with local brewers. And just to try and bring something different, some different perspective to the yeah. local beer industry. I think our local, and it could just be my example of... The people that are far away, you know, are better. But yeah. um, there's, a, I think there's a st- pretty strong disconnect in the food scene and the beer scene in Syracuse. And I think that, like, in bigger markets where I've seen, where I have examples of, like, great breweries, there's usually some deeper
1: connection between the food or the restaurants and hmm. the breweries. Interesting. Yeah, you see a lot of food trucks and things like that. It's not real, Yeah, you know high class dining. Right. A lot of these places. yeah. And the I can say, I can tell you from example, food
0: trucks do not do well at breweries. Really? Not at all. There's like one or two of them that do well, hmm. like one or two food trucks. And those are the popular food trucks. Anyways, like bold coast lobster, they're going to sell yeah. out wherever they go. Um, and, you know, I've heard some people do good, do well at three one five, but for the most part, the other, like all of the other breweries in town, food trucks do not do well at all. Huh. Especially this last year, food trucks, food trucks coming out of 2020 and the pandemic were making a killing. I mean, they've yeah. never made as much money before in their lives as they did during the pandemic. Yeah.
1: They were doing neighborhoods, they were doing private. They like, got the bell in the neighborhoods driving around. Yeah. You know, people chasing them down with their money. Right. <laughs>
0: um, I don't know if Paul Valenti started it or who the first was, yeah. but. You know, your cul-de-sac, your subdivision, whatever, your street, hmm. you would get all your neighbors like, hey, I'm thinking about calling Toss and Fire on Tuesday to come out here. That's a great idea. Do you guys want to do it? Love and it. all the neighbors would jump in, and the food truck would show up with like 50, house, 50 families <laughs> yeah. guaranteed to come buy dinner from them. Yeah. Because nobody was going out to eat. They didn't want to go get takeout. You know, right, right. right then. That's awesome. 2021, even better. They yeah. were not only, just, were they still doing some neighborhoods, But they were setting up at, like, the Great Northern Mall, crushing it. Corporations, businesses, bringing them in, paying them stupid money to feed their staff. So
1: what is it about breweries?
0: I don't know. Mm. I really don't. But um, they do not do well. People are concentrating on getting their drink on, I guess. I guess, yeah. Either that or they just, the connection hasn't been made, Mm. you know, to think, like, all right, I'm going to go to this brewery that I know never has food you know, I know, like, you don't think, all right, I'm going to go there and eat and drink. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, none of them really, nobody's ever just killed it. Hmm. Now, three years ago, when food trucks were kind of, like, limping along and, listen, if they could show up and make three or four hundred bucks, they'd be like, hey, great. Um, you know, because that's maybe what they're going to do on an average night at a brewery. Right. Um, maybe if they're lucky, they're going to do a thousand bucks, but that's a great night.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So three or four years ago, they would have showed up to a brewery no problem. Yeah. This past year, trying to get them to show up, not so much would not happen. Hmm. Not at all. If they showed up your place once and didn't do well, it was very hard. It was very rare that they would show up a second time.
1: That's a shame because it's very important for for breweries. There's been a there's been a study that if uh, you have food available, your customers will say I think it's like a pint and a half extra. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and and then there's you know the the whole family factor. You're not going to a bar to drink. You're going out to eat dinner. Right. You know, and uh, oh, I'm going to have three beers <laughs> yeah. prior to that. So it's, it's uh yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that.
0: And it is tough. I mean, there's not a, there's not a huge profit in these places. And then, yeah. you know, they, it's not easy to get into them either. Right. To get right. into the brew business, especially when you're talking about the taxes and the regulations and, um, so it's tough to really develop this out-of-the-gate, state-of-the-art, beautiful place that people want to congregate at. Yeah. You know there's Myers Creek, which does a great job like it's gorgeous. I mean, they kind of you know, had a, a, a jump start already because they bought Empire, mm-hmm. right? Um, but they have, this, they have this gorgeous facility. You know, you you know, you want to go out there. Yeah. Um, I have I've yet to meet a brewer in the area that has anything good to say about their beer, though. Oddly enough, yeah, I don't know why. They, don't.
1: They're they're okay. They, they they do all right, but it's more of a at least in in Kaz, it's it's more of a destination. People are going yeah. there to eat the food and you know, uh, it's
0: but it's and hang out because it's gorgeous out there. Yeah, yeah it is. but
1: they've got a shit ton of
0: money. Oh yeah, and. Not a lot of other local breweries around here get into the game with a shit ton of money. Right. You know, what's that joke? If you want to if you want to have a million dollars in your bank and own a restaurant, start with two million dollars in your bank or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's probably worse, I'd imagine, for breweries.
1: Well, it's, it's two separate businesses. You know, you have to run them as two separate. You, you can't yeah. think they're the same thing. You have to have, you know, the front of the house and the back of the house kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, there's no other way to look at it. But, yeah, but... If you do have that restaurant and it is good food, yeah, people will come and buy your beer. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah, Myers Creek definitely has that going on for them yeah. with the with the food. You know, I mean, they have a gorgeous facility out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they're supposed to be opening up a second location here in uh, the Inner. Harbor. I heard
1: about. it. It's just down the road from yeah. here, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, the Inner Harbor. They're opening up a smaller tap room we'll here. See, and... We'll see how that does. I know. Will they to have food there? I don't know. Um. It's a, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm, a, I, I'll be honest. I'm bummed to see that they're opening up another location here. Um, and you know, I haven't, I've yet to meet somebody in the beer industry that would agree with me on this. They, You know, the beer industry, people say we welcome any craft brewery that wants to open up down the street, up the street, next to whatever, you know, the more there are, the more interest there will be from the public. Yeah. Um, I don't see how that makes any, any sense whatsoever. Yeah. You know, um, if somebody opens up, uh, you know, another version of eat local, that's not going to drive more people to look for a discount card or look for local sources right. for, you know, um, it's going to spread out my, you know, thing, uh, it's gotta be the same thing. So I'm bummed to see that Myers Creek is opening uh, in Syracuse. I'm going take away from others. I think it will. Yeah. Um, And to be frank, I think there's too many as it is.
1: Yeah. We're almost at the saturation point. I would think
0: that, yeah. um, I'm going to get a lot of shit for saying that, but I think think that it is. So uh, I'm excited to see that they're going in the Inner Harbor because that's an area that really has a lot of potential and needs to be built up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'm bummed to see that they're going in there. Yeah. Uh, Heritage Hill is another one that um, gorgeous facility, another destination spot. They get shit on all the time for their beer. Yeah, and I good don't.
1: good food though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, um, I don't get that. I don't you know I don't know enough about beer to know why people yeah. shit on them, but people shit on them quite a bit. Uh, but another gorgeous destination spot. It is. So, huh? So, what do you see as like the like what's what's um, well I you know I wanted to ask this question earlier. Has it been how what's what's it been like reaching out to? breweries to get them to be able to carry their beers have been are they like excited open to it or are they
1: hesitant yeah really the only no i got right out of the bat was uh tim hey, oh, hey really? nice beer tim <laughs> um yeah but, but he has so many yeah, distributors asshole. you know that he, it wasn't a good fit for him and i and i get it but uh but but yeah pretty much everyone has been at least on on board with it yeah. uh with the with the idea uh because again post-covid uh, if you're just relying on your tap room sales, you're kind of pinching on yourself. So you need to have alternative sales channels, and yeah. you need to have different ways to get your beer out to to the to the public. So a lot of the guys, there there's services out there that you know through your you know your point of sale system where you run your credit card. You can have a set up an e commerce website and stuff, but those are difficult because no one knows they exist. Yeah. There's no one's marketing them. You know, so you have to have marketing dollars behind these e commerce. Thing. So that's kind of what I think we we bring to the table. And um, it's kind of a no brainer. So you show up and be like, hey, I'm going to sell your beer on, on the Internet. Give me a couple of cases. I go, OK. I, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. You right. know? So um, uh, we take kind of a hands off approach where uh, we're not locking these breweries in for their entire life savings and, and, you know, making them sign their lives away. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're a little more relationship based. So, uh, plus I've had a lot of relationship with these breweries as I've been, you know, right. selling hops f- to a lot of them for 10 years. So I think that's, that's helped kind of ease the tension a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but there's been a couple breweries where, um, you know, I kind of tell them I they, they know me as the hop guy, and I show up at their brewery, and like, "Hey, we're starting this distribution company. We're going to sell e-commerce." Oh, what a great idea! And the state liquor authority in New York State makes you have to sign a contract. Hmm. So then you pull out the contract and, and you show it to was like, <gasps> you know, "Oh my god, I never thought I'd ever be selling out." You know, so there's kind of this hesitation to want to work with a distributor, hmm. um, and and that's kind of why we call ourselves the anti just distro. Yeah. distribution company is kind of, uh, you know, you know, help that, um, mentality because it doesn't have to be that, that, that way, you know, yeah. there's, there's, there's more people that will benefit, um, consumers and breweries than, than just the wholesalers, yeah. you know, and the wholesaler is the middleman. They don't, no one even knows who they are. Do you know a wholesaler? No. You know, right. Yeah. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a broken system ripe for disruption. Yeah, it really is. And New York state's one of the more tricky ones, isn't it? it can. there's just so many regulations, and yeah it's it's really annoying yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yes it is I definitely don't envy you for that side of the business, especially with
1: alcohol because alcohol yeah. is such a regulated thing, so it's it, there's been a lot of stuff i've you know I'm still learning stuff like oh, I'm supposed to be paying that over there like what you know, so yeah. uh we're making it through, but uh yeah it's been it's it's been a learning process how long was it from idea to Implementation. The idea was there pre-COVID, so I'd say I don't know, maybe three, four, about four years ago. I, I probably were starting to trying to think of something different. Um, you know, with the hops, I could have a really bad season, uh, and I could lose my crop, and then I'm fucked, right? Yeah. So uh, I needed. I've always been looking for something that could be complementary to what we what we were doing. I didn't really know what that was. Um, but going around to a lot of these breweries, talking to a lot of these guys, the problem was distribution, same thing across the board, Mm. just distro distribution. Those bastards are doing this. They locked me in, you know, now I can't sell my beer in Onondaga, you know, all all this stuff. So, um, Mm. I knew it was a problem. I just didn't know how to solve it. So I'm like, well, what I need to do is get these guys beer and sell it direct to the consumer for them. So I thought of things like, you know, drop shipping and things like that, uh, which I guess is illegal. So (laughs) that, that didn't work out very well. So I was trying to figure this out. And, um, right before the pandemic hit, uh, I, I figured, you know, there was a certain license you could get that you could actually do this with. Mm. Um, and then, so the, the, fall in motion right before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hit and I'm like, it is go time. Like mm. it, it is now or never yeah. like, this is just, you know, there was a lot of shitty things that happened with COVID, but, uh, with, you know, market disruption like that, there's a lot of opportunities too. So, um, we kind of took the ball and ran with it. You know, if, if, if it wasn't for COVID mm. we'd be getting such pushback from, you know, the, the, the wholesalers have a, you know, a, Uh, what do you call it? A lobbying group. And they would have never have allowed anything like this, but Hmm. because of COVID and the breweries were allowed to send beers out um, on their own, you know, the cat's now out of the bag. So the, the, their lobbying group didn't really say anything. Hmm. So we got the license and, you know, floodgates were opened. Wow.
0: Yeah. There was definitely a uh, buried acorn did a great job In the middle of the pandemic, getting the word out that they delivered beer, yeah, you know,
1: I remember seeing those Instagram posts all the time. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and I ordered the most from them because it was so easy. They did such a great job. Yeah, Um, there's a craft brewery in town. I ordered from them for delivery, and then like four hours later, didn't show up. And when I called them, they were like, "Oh "Oh, "Oh, yeah, we don't we don't do it on Sundays," Um, (laughs) you know. But they didn't have anything in place to say that Tim was just like. Johnny on the spot. He did such a great job with it. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And he added in like a ton of low fills with every order and sticker. I mean, it was just, he did a really solid job with it. And I really wish that they had allowed that to continue because I feel like they lost, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's such a different side of the business that could be, you know, there for breweries, but... Honestly, I
1: wish they could... Uh, I wish they could continue it too. Um, mm. And, and that, you know, people would think that I'm an idiot for saying that. Cause oh it's not going to take away from your business. Yeah. Not really, because right. a lot of people still don't know that they can order beer on the internet, have it shipped to their house. Right. So the more people that know the better, you know, to be honest with you, I just started doing it a couple of years ago. You know, yeah. when I started thinking about the idea, I'm like, well, who can do this? So I started ordering ciders and, you know, wines just to see mm. what the experience was. And it was awesome. Like, mm. why did I not do this earlier? So, I think people need to have that why did I not do this earlier moment? Um, yeah. you know then they, they they haven't had it yet so yeah. if if these breweries could do it, uh it would bring more awareness to the ability to do it. You know they could work the shipping's out in their head however they want to justify paying the shipping costs and then have it done yeah. um, and then to be you know honest with you, a lot of these smaller guys don't have the time to do it
0: no, no, so at all.
1: they'll end up going to a service like us to have it done for them so yeah. Uh, I hope they bring it back, and they might. The Brewers lobby, the Brewers Association, is actually lobbying for that hmm. as as we speak. So, yeah, um, I hope it passes.
0: Yeah, what's it like on the the hop side of things? Like, um, are there? A, I mean, because there, there there are a lot of local hop farms in Central New York, but spe- like especially in the Finger
1: Lakes, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not as much anymore, but yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah, smaller ones, yeah. Are a lot of them like just growing for themselves or a lot of them selling? Uh, a lot. of So the, there was farm brewery legislation that was passed back in 2013 where um, you could open up a brewery with this, a, you know, a farm brewery license uh, and get some tax incentives for it. Yeah. The, the legislation has since been uh, you know, watered down a little bit, but uh, the concept is still there and the license still exists. So that sparked a lot of hop farms. Uh Cornell Cooperative mm. Extension had a bunch of uh programs and really pushed people towards hops. So you saw these one acre hop farmers hmm. popping up all over the state. Uh they they soon realized how difficult it was to grow hops, and it's very difficult to yeah. grow hops. Um and they realized that, you know, one acre isn't gonna cut it. You know, mm. you can't grow one acre hops and get rich. It's it's a very Expensive habit. If you're making any money at all, you're putting all your time into it. Mm. Uh, so a lot of these smaller guys have been kind of going by the wayside as of recent. Um, but there's still a market for New York hops. Yeah. Uh, there's still a lot of people that you know really get into the local war movement. Really like to keep it low. They they like to know where the food comes from, as I'm sure you know very yeah. well. And uh, it's a story. So you go into the breweries, and they can tell you a story. Hey, we got our malt from these guys over here and we got our hops from these guys over here and that's a yeah. cool story new york beers tend to to just to, yeah. to sell well so what's that percentage that they have to be is it right now it's at 60 percent. you have to have 60 percent mm. hops 60 percent uh malt, and other yeah adjuncts so to be a farm strawberries farm and things like yeah yeah but now you can you can have a dual license so okay. basically the breweries can have their cake and eat it too yeah uh, which is fine like a, a lot of people buy hops from us buy the hops cuz they because they want to buy them from us not because they have to. So it's it's Yeah. The 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 legislation did its thing back in 2013 and you know, if it were to go away tomorrow, I don't think the market would change at all.
0: Is that changing though Is it becoming more stringent to be a farm brewery? Do you have to like increase? No, your it's, it's
1: being easier. Well, it's it's supposed to go up to ninety yeah. percent uh, at the end of this year, I think, but that's not going to happen. Uh, the not Brewers not Association done. is putting an end to it, and actually, our hop trade organization supports it. Hmm. Uh, we we don't want it to go up to ninety because that will probably make less farm brewers. Yeah. Uh, so it, if it's really just, you know, again, it's telling that story. It's having that relationship with your with your with your brewer uh, hmm. that really drives sales. It's not legislation. Yeah. Are you, are you selling hops specifically in New York or do you get
0: requests? Like, are you selling out of state?
1: We got a little niche down in Rhode Island. Uh, hmm. I don't know how that happened, but, uh, I, there was a couple of guys, I guess, lived in the area. So we have a little niche in Rhode in roadie, but hmm. other than that, about 90% of our hops are all in state. Yeah. Uh, we, we just like to keep it local. Plus we, 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 we tell that local story. We, we use the word War a lot, yeah. um, and it's really uh, you know it's it would be hard for me to call someone up in Colorado and yeah. pitch New York hops to them. Uh, what do you say? I, I I can't use the word local, you know. <laughs> so it's it would it would be harder. So a lot a lot of it stays in here. There's 480 breweries now, I think, in the state, hmm. uh, and that's we don't grow enough hops to service you know 10 percent of them. You know, so yeah. uh, there's there's no reason for us to leave the state. So if you could cha- if you snap your fingers today and change one thing
0: in the uh world of craft beer in New York State, what would you change?
1: Hmm, the entire craft industry? Yeah. That's interesting. Um depends on what hat I'm wearing. You know, <laughs> if I put on my hop hat, uh I would love for there to be a a specific hop like red for New York, something that yields well, that's that's sexy that belongs to new york i think that would do wonders for uh for 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 that um because nothing really rivals in new york the west coast stuff that everybody creates well, yeah i mean a lot of it it's not really quality because the quality is here yeah. uh it, it's really proprietary yeah r- varieties you know um if you think about certain hops like Citra, yeah. you know, you go into any brewery and they'll have citra plastered around everywhere. So consumers are actually trained to go in there and ask for, oh, what has citra in it? You yeah. know, and it's uh, the hop farms out west are are brilliant because they market their product. And if you and if you think about it, um, there's no other industry that really markets raw raw ingredients. The yeah. only I can really think of is you know back in the PC wars, you know, in Intel inside, right? Like yeah. Intel would market their processor chip so people yeah. go to buy a computer i want one with intel even though one with yeah. an amd was the same thing um it's hmm. it's it's, it's kind of like that so people know this brand citra and we're not allowed to grow citra hops here in right. new york state because it's proprietary yeah. uh it was bred by someone private and you need to sign your life away to even grow it so hmm. it's just not worth it so hmm. they they control uh pacific Northwest right now is ripping out all their you know traditional varieties and putting in all these proprietary varieties and you know to be honest i'm fine with that because cascade is a tried and true hop uh it's gotten a bad rap over the next couple years but mark my words it's going to come back and there's going to be a shortage of cascade and farms like ours farms like new york Michigan, Ohio, people outside of the Pacific Northwest are going to do well when when that happens.
0: Was there any shortages on, like, uh,
1: you know, the hop, the world of hops over the past two years? Um, yeah, the Pacific Northwest been having, you know, they've had the fires. Uh, I think last year there was, um, one particular windstorm that took out. I think they, they were, I think it was something crazy, like 20% damage to their overall crop or something like that. Hmm. Um... Plus, things now, drought, Uh, you know, they're doing water taxes out there where they're taxing farmers to use water. And so, farmers are moving away from certain crops that are water-intensive. Hops are very water-intensive. Are they? Uh, Oh, yeah. They they grow 18 feet tall. I mean, they're huge. So, uh, they they take – and they grow that 18 feet in the span of, you know, four, six weeks. So. Wow. Um, they require a ton of energy, a ton of nitrogen, a ton of water, a hmm. ton of labor. Um, and it, you know, out there it's a, it's a desert climate. Yeah. And if you don't water these, these, these crops, they're not going to do well. So hmm. if, uh, it's going to become an issue. Yeah. That's wild. Um, I don't really have it. I've,
0: I've wanted to, there's a hop farm in skinny Atlas.
1: Yeah. Skinny Atlas hop farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. That's the one I've, uh, I don't know him. I've, message him I'm trying to get him on the podcast cuz I thought that would be interesting. And um and he, you know, maybe a month or two ago I messaged him and he said, you know, once season is over, uh he'll reach out. And then, you know, Saul from uh, Griffin Hill, mm-hmm. you know, uh who I I mean that guy doesn't make a beer I don't like. Yeah. Um and yeah, that maybe that would be cool that would be fun to do one of the panels with like you, Saul and the guy from Skinny Atlas Hop Farm.
1: Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tim's a great guy. Loves Saul. He does good stuff. He actually processes hops with us. Tim, uh, Saul, uh, grows his own. So that's pretty cool. And he, he brings his to us. Yeah. Those, those are two great guys. That would, that would be a fun conversation.
0: Um, so hops are essentially, you know, like the, the grain of the baking world, you know, it's like, you know, um, it's a sexy ingredient. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was about to say, you know, there is flour that's branded, but, you know, nobody goes into a bakery wondering what type of flour that they right? use unless it's like self milk. No
1: industry. Yeah. I, I can't think of any other industry people go in and ask for an ingredient. Yeah. So I don't know how they got to where they are, but that's brilliant marketing. Yeah.
0: I think your business model for the, you know, the website for the sales for the beer is, is great because you can really build a following up and then have this thing that, like, breweries almost have to sell through you because of the following that you have. Like, the reach that you'll be able to one day get them uh, by just carrying their beer will be, you know, unheard of, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be more players than just us. And as I said earlier, yeah. it's, a, it's a race to market share. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the craft beer consumer wins. And, yeah. and you know, if we can bring down big beer and large distribution, yeah. Everyone's gonna win. Right. So we're we're just trying to do our part.
0: Yeah. It's awesome.
1: Well, where can consumers go and, you know, buy beer? Drinknycraft.com. dot com. Cool. Yeah. Right right now, uh, we're we're about a month into it, so we're gonna be constantly be adding New breweries, new, new brands, new SKUs. Uh, there's a bunch of cool changes coming to, to the website. So uh, what you see now is uh, not what you're going to see next week or a month from now. It's going to keep growing and hopefully get getting better experiences and more beers and happier people.
0: Yeah. We'll put links in the show notes for your social media. For and sure. uh, if there's a local brewery that's listening, how can they get in touch with you to get their beer on there?
1: Chat at drinknycraft.com.
0: Tweet. Tweet. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Eat Local New York podcast. If you're listening and you're not a subscriber, then hit that subscribe button, whatever platform you're listening to this on. just means that you're going to be updated the moment a new episode is released. And then don't forget to leave us a review and let us know what you think of the Eat Local New York podcast. Well, thanks so much for checking out this episode. We'll catch you back here next week, every Monday for a brand new episode right here on the Eat Local New York podcast.